When the whole family comes together to watch the game, nobody wants to miss a second of the action to run to the grocery store. With Instacart, you can get all your weekly groceries in as fast as an hour. Less time shopping means more game time. Let's go. Visit instacart.com to get free delivery on your first three orders. Offer valid for a limited time. $10 minimum per order. Additional terms apply. Hour number two of the program. It is all Pelicans today, save for a little break. Bottom of the hour, we're going to talk a little Tulane Green Wave on our Wave Wednesday segment with Jacob Loss. Outside of that this hour, we've got Scott Alexander coming on in just a second, and then it'll be Carter Bryant at 945 as we continue to discuss the Pelicans remarkably, miraculously winning the NBA draft. And then, of course, the absurd meltdown that is happening across the country by far too many of the national NBA punditry and big market elitists. You can find my column right now. It's 1,500 words where I rant on this at WWL.com. Pelicans celebrate the number one pick, big market elitists meltdown. I definitely suggest you read that. You can also find it through the radio.com app if you favorite WWL. Let's bring on in Scott Alexander, host of Primetime Sports on WLAE and CST. Scotty, oh my goodness, I know you've been celebrating with the rest of us the past day. <laughs> oh man. Seth, I can't even begin to tell you. Um, I don't know where to start, but let's start here. I didn't, I kind of had forgotten about it honestly last night because I was working with the rugby stuff and then I had I did my show yesterday and then I had to drive up to Baton Rouge I went to the game um last night uh I just wanted to go I haven't been a Tigers uh box all year I was like let's go so I went and uh I was moving from the seat to have behind plate and I was like I'm gonna go visit some friends in the suite so right about that moment I'm looking at the elevator as you know I said well, let me go see some buddies in the press box and at that moment literally they were they were redoing the redown and it was like 11 10 and I'm like, oh, well, I'm going to sit here and watch this for a bit, you know, figuring that the Pels would probably be 7, 8, 9, or something like that. So it got through the 9, 8, 7. And I'm like, well, they're not called yet. This, at least they got a better player than they might have had before. And then all of a sudden it gets down and like 6, 5, and I'm like, what? And the other teams are the Lakers and, and then particularly the Knicks. And I'm thinking, whoa, whoa, whoa. If any of these guys get the first pick, They'd likely trade. I know the Knicks have already said they would. So you're telling me three out of four shot, and I'm still not thinking the Pels have a chance. I'm, of course, I'm thinking about that whole rig thing. It's going to be New York, L.A. I mean, they, these teams have been more abundant for way longer than the NBA appreciates. And then it comes down to us and Memphis. I'm like, what the heck is going on here? <laughs> and the worst case scenario would have been Memphis. Obviously, the bubble would have been burst. But when it came up, I mean, two. You know, you're not supposed to cheer in a press box, but two of us. Me and a young guy named Trey were high-fiving, jumping up and down like we had just won an Academy Award. So uh, it was a fun, fun experience. And, uh, and just to see all the stuff going on on Twitter, I stayed up all night. And then today, hearing Colin Coward, I happened to watch it live. And then I just said, you know what, I work with this SOB. Um, I do Fox games, you know. I, I, I'm kind of a part of their, their whole thing, have been for years. I said, I just blasted the guy because – it was so idiotic what he was saying. And, I, I, you know, I don't like to blast people. I blast comments. And I just was just said, you are a clown, sir. This is the most ridiculous thing. Not thinking that that would be anything. It's just my thoughts. I, wasn't, I didn't even look at it again for a few hours. And somebody said, dude, you're blowing up over here on Twitter. And I was trying to think, what the heck could I be blowing up about? You know? <laughs> and, uh, sure enough, man. 
a firestorm had begun, and that, that thing just got legs. If you haven't seen it, it's kind of funny. At D. Scott Alexander, um, 400 likes on that thing, and about 60 comments, even more. Uh, you know, tons of stuff on the next comment I made, just about the same amount of stuff. Uh, and it, it obviously hit a nerve with some people. It showed me that maybe we do have some basketball fans in the city because they were all coming to the defense of the New Orleans Pelicans and the city of New Orleans as well. Yeah, indeed. I'm glad you brought up that how fortunate the Pelicans were, not just obviously to land the number one overall pick, but how the rest of the top four worked out because, Scott, they have incredible leverage now with the Lakers at four and the Knicks at three and a possible Anthony Davis trade. I just – you're talking about threading the needle with all these percentages that had to go your way, whatever little totem that, that David Griffin brought and the tie that he gave Alvin Gentry. I mean, throw those in a museum because this is incredible. The only thing that could have been even remotely better is if the Memphis Grizzlies had been fourth and the Lakers third and then the Knicks two. Because now you have every possible scenario you want. Because now you could really hold that two and that three because they're both one and the same to me. Say what you want. John Morant's going to be fabulous. And I truly believe R.J. Barrett. I know some people down on him. I think you may be one of them. I'm high on him. I'm fine with either one. So now you have all that ledger. Okay, let's just not talk about fantasy land. Let's talk about what we got. Now, if you want to deal with the Knicks, they had all the leverage on you before. I mean, you had Anthony Davis. You had the, you had the obvious big piece. But they didn't have to give you up much. They know you wanted something out of this. You were coming from a position of weakness. You would have taken Zion Williamson and whatever garbage else they wanted to give you. But, oh, now, now you have Zion Williamson yourself, and they still want him. Well, now they're, gonna, they're in the R.J. Barrett slot as we all know. And I haven't looked at anybody else's Twitter. I promise you I haven't looked at any articles. I've been busy working the entire day, so I have no idea if I'm spouting out something right now that anybody else has said. I'm just thinking from the top of my head, when I saw this as a former agent, I said, man, if I'm sitting there going in there, and if I was David Griffin, I'd have so much power in this situation. I'd let them offer the slop they're going to offer. And then I'd throw in this, and of course they would agree because they need to come back with something. And then we, they think a deal is done. And I'm saying, oh, by the way, you're definitely giving me those two first-rounders next year. Without question, that's not even a, a piece of this conversation without them. And if we've already talked about you give me the three. We know you're going to give me Kevin Knox. I mean, I need a backup three and potentially a potential starter one day. Somebody to battle with Barrett, at least. And then you're going to give me, you're going to give me the guy you got for Porzingis. Because let's be honest here, Nick people, we know you want – Three things to happen. Anthony Davis, Kevin Durant, and Kyrie Irving. And most likely, without Anthony Davis, you're not going to get all three. You might get Durant, but you're probably not going to get Kyrie unless AD goes there. You form the big three. So you're giving me Dennis Smith Jr. too. And now all of a sudden, you know, whether you like Julius Randle or not, whether he's the guy you resign, you can resign him. You resign Peyton. You got some veterans to go along with Drew Holiday. And you have a abundance of youth. Abundance. You got a couple two and three year players. You're going to have a couple rookies coming in, all potential big time players. Anybody seen Dennis Smith Jr., whether he's got mental problems or not, the dude is a psycho on the basketball court. He is some, some he would bring down the house in New Orleans. He's so exciting to watch. Uh, and Peyton would be a steady influence if he decides to resign. So you got all that, and you have a couple first round picks next year, and you also have your own. So your future is kind of like getting built up, too. This couldn't have not have gone any better. Seth, and excuse me once again if someone else has thrown this theory out, 
But that's if I'm the GM, that's what I'm doing. I'm going for all those pieces because they have the, the need, the want, and, the, and they have the know-how because they know what they want to put on their court next year, and that's A.D. Durant and, of course, Kyrie. Great stuff here from Scott Alexander, host of Primetime Sports every single week on WLAE and CST Television. All right, let's, let's get to some questions that are a lot tougher to answer. And the first is, do you believe that Zion Williamson will um, either return to Duke or try to force a trade? No. I mean, they're gonna, they may ask for a trade. There is not a chance in hell that he's going back to Duke. I can promise you that. that if that even gets brought up, it's posturing. It's just, uh, <laughs> fact is, is whether they like it or not, Weren't the Knicks going to trade him to the Pelicans anyway? <laughs> I mean, what are we even arguing about this for? Why are we even having this conversation? Because he was getting traded. Apparently, that's what they told everybody. So let's go even get that out of the way. I'm going to tell you this. There's no way, particularly after the blowout sneaker incident against North Carolina, that this kid's going to go back. I mean, I know he already makes like 750000 playing for Duke. But that's, he's going to be taking a severe pay cut if he decides <laughs> I knew that not, was coming. <laughs> to go, not to go to the NBA and pass up $7, 8000000 in the beginning. I know it's a rookie wage, but that number one guy still makes some pretty good coins. And he's also delaying his opportunity for that nine-figure deal that they all covet once they get into that second and third contract, the third one in particular. So that said – he ain't going anywhere, bro. I mean, no, and Scott wouldn't. I mean, he'd have to go through this process again. I, the people saying that, right? They're acting like, well, next year it's just going to be automatic that the Lakers or the Knicks or like the Clippers or the Nets are going to get the top pick. I mean, we got to go through the lottery again. It's you know, it could be Memphis or, or Minnesota or whoever. It's a small market team I've grabbing that top shows. spot. I've done eight shows from around the country today. It's weird. I mean, I, I usually get a few calls every few days, maybe, but eight other shows, and I haven't done. I've done one in New Orleans, but. But I, 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 I'm not saying I say the same things I don't. I just I go. You're my closest guy, obviously, for any of these dudes. I'm just telling you flat out. How dumb is this when you look at it from the outside? It's like, okay, maybe he'd rather play in a big market. I get it. Sure. Don't we all? I mean, yeah. I mean, if you're not from New Orleans, you don't know what New Orleans is all about. You don't know how special it is, how phenomenal. And I try to tell people that when I was being the voice of reason from Atlanta, or when I lived in D.C., or even when I spent all time in New York and L.A. L.A. Um, it's not a destination for free agents, but it's a pretty darn good place. It's magical once you're here. But the rest of the league just thinks it's garbage. They think the city is terrible, and they think the team is run poorly. And really, right now, you have the best possible GM that you could have possibly gotten, and you can already see a feeling around that building that this is a complete change. And I, you can say what you want about Jensen. I like the man. I've been behind him for a while. All I says he just needed – the right pieces to avoid injury, et cetera. I know that sounds like excuse-making to some. I call it fact. It is what it is. But the things are on the up, and, and, and everything's on the, uh, the look-up for the New Orleans Pelicans organization, the franchise, Gail. I love her as the owner, uh, even more so than her husband. I think she's going to be more involved, particularly in the basketball side. And that's all we're talking about here. And I'm excited about the future, man. I really am. I'm, I was giddy all day long today, I promise you. No doubt. Final one, Scott. What happens with Anthony Davis now? He can't stay. He just can't stay. Um, it's just too much. You know, it's one thing. Sometimes you get over your wife cheating on you, correct? If that, if that unfortunately, had ever happened to anybody or, or a boyfriend or girlfriend. But you can't stay with them if they go out and tell the world 
that they don't want to be with you or they're not in love with you. <laughs> I mean, it's one thing to do something. It's another just to basically slap your teammates in the face and say, dude, I, it's been nice. It's been a good run. That's all, folks. But I don't want to be with you because you're not good enough to be with me. So as much as it sounds <laughs> delicious to have AD and Zion together, and it could be fabulous. I'm not ruling out 100% that could happen. But I'm only using that as leverage. And I think it would be kind of fun karma to have, make him stick around for a half a year if, if Griffin didn't get <laughs> the deal he wanted. I think it would be so much fun to watch and cover. I mean, it really would. Because just seeing his, his total checked-out attitude last year um, towards the end of the season, I wonder what it would look like now. Uh, but this is just this is just uh, conjecture because we know that this will not happen. They're going to get as many pieces like I just told you about and hopefully mix a little bit of experience but get some young legs that are dynamic players and start this thing. And, and, and guys that can win immediately. If you get the right veterans around them, and we got one in Drew, they can win faster than you think. Who'd you have on your show this week, Scott? Uh, primetime sports on WLE and CSD. I know you got a few more replays coming. Only the guy that's, that leads the whole country in home runs. I mean, he does. Cody Hosey, third baseman for Tulane, right in our own backyard. 23 jacks. And uh, that's that's tied with a Vanderbilt guy and another guy from Tennessee Tech. So he's at the top. And we also had Mike Dettelier to talk about the guys at the rookie camp. And we went into detail about some of them. But he also brought the, um, you know, Archie Manning's good friend, the Greg Stock, who's the CEO of Thibodeau Medical Regional Medical Center. Phenomenal conversation about what's happening with that stuff. Jen Hale, Mike Dettelier, and Archie Manning are all big sponsors at promotion spokespeople. But also we had, you know what, the playoffs are right around the corner, and I had to bring rugby on. And we got the guy that's one of the best in the entire world, literally. And this guy could play running back or cornerback for the Saints, I promise you. J.P. Law, uh, the second leading scorer in the entire league. He's from South Africa, and he is a beast on the rugby pitch. And uh, if he wanted to play other sports, he could be there too. So it's a fun show, and we're going to continue to have those kind of fun shows. And we're going to pick heavy on the Saints next week and move forward since it's Good to be about that time, Seth. Yep, there you go. And uh, by the way, Houston at Lenola Gold on Saturday and NolaGoldRugby.com, right, for your tickets. That's big, Seth. That's big because I had, unfortunately, had to be out of town the last two weeks. My son graduated from college and then I had, I had a nephew married. I am back in the box. I cannot wait. This is the final home game. This is your chance, New Orleans, because this team's the best team in the league. They have, they, they are technically in second, but they're really in first because they played one less game than the team that has one more point. So, but points per game, we're in first and we control our own destiny and we will be in first. So we're going to probably have two home games. I'm confident that we'll win our playoff game, but get out there Saturday. It's a later start this time, four o'clock. Should be a little cooler about that time. It's supposed to be a beautiful day and it's only $25. It's a great value. And I promise you, you'll have fun. And the West Bank is not kryptonite. It's a phenomenal place to be. <laughs> so get over there and have fun. All my uptown friends, all my Metairie friends, all my old Metairie friends, and my guys from Canada, every time they come, they're like, wow, I had no idea it was this much fun. But it is. I'm just telling you right now, it's not because I work with them. It's because now I'm addicted to it, and I love it, and you should check it out. Hey, there you go. All right, Scott, we'll talk to you again soon. Thanks so much. I love you, bro. All right. Scott Alexander, at DScottAlexander on Twitter, and, of course, host of Primetime Sports on WLAE and CST Television. More Pelicans discussion coming up next. Your phone calls at 504-260-1870. Our text line is 870-870. Our Blue Runner Gumbo opinion poll at WWL.com. Now that the Pelicans have the number one pick in the draft, 
Do you think it's enough to convince Anthony Davis to stick around? You can vote at www.com, radio.com app. Back after this on the last lap. Ah, yes, the Pelicans' number one pick yesterday, defying the odds in the NBA draft lottery, and everybody across the country melting down because of it. It's fun to watch here. My column on it, Pelicans celebrating that first pick in big market elitist melting down online at www.com and the radio.com app. Let's go to the phone lines. Carl in Hammond, do you want to comment on this, Carl? Hey, sir. Hey, Carl. Um, I uh, just want to ask a question to your comment on if If it's so fixed for the big teams like the Lakers, how did that trade get shut down? What do you mean? If is it fixed? Uh, Explain your question, I guess. Well, I mean, everybody's saying that it's like you say the the power of the big market teams and everything. But but once that went down, it it was it was squashed. I mean, there were a lot of there were a lot of owners and other people that went against the Lakers. Yeah, well, I'll I'll let you ask you the question, but I want to be very clear. I don't think the NBA now in the Adam Silver era is rigged to benefit the larger markets. That was a big problem in the David Stern era, but Adam Silver has learned the lessons, and he's looking to the NFL and the competitive balance there and realizing that that's how he wants to build and brand the NBA. I don't think that there is some, you know, big conspiracy now in the NBA to benefit the larger markets. Okay, and the second thing is, Cheaper talent, but I don't think he's worth. Oh, Carl, uh, we lost you there. I call back if you want, but you were breaking up um, and couldn't quite get your question. Maybe uh, Logan can answer and, and see if we can get Carl back there. Here's a text from the 504. If they can sit Anthony Davis this season, they should then squeeze whatever they can in a trade. I, I would expect that trade to happen this off season because they want to begin this, you know, rebuild. If you want to brand it that or retooling. As soon as possible, and you're going to be able to get more for Anthony Davis in a trade this summer than you would at the trade deadline. A text from the 504, if David stays with the team, will he be a man enough to help out the team? Will he be an asset or liability? He's a professional. He'll be an asset, I would assume, if he comes back. I don't think that's very likely. We'll go to CBS News. Jacob Lawson, Wave Wednesdays next. NBA playoffs tonight, Eastern Conference Finals Game 1. Bucks at home, a 96-91 lead over the Raptors. The Raptors led for the majority of this game until about the past 10 minutes, and then the Bucks with Lopez and Giannis combining for 45 points have retaken the lead. Six minutes to play in that one. The Raptors' Kyle Lowry leads them with 23 points. No, actually Kawhi. Uh, 29 points as he continues his incredible playoff run. Plenty more Pelicans to come pretty much the rest of the show, but like we do every week, I wanted to get our – well, I guess it's Wave Wednesdays the past couple of weeks. Jacob Wass coming in to give us an update on everything happening on Tulane's campus, sports-wise, a little baseball, a little basketball talk today. Jacob, hey, welcome in. What would you think? i got to get your, your reaction to the Pelicans shocking the world and securing the number one overall draft pick. Well, I think there's one storyline that isn't being talked about enough in New Orleans, one huge problem is Zion coming to nowhere. No, what's that? It's that he weighs, what, 280 pounds? Yes. And he's coming to a city that feeds <laughs> on Cowboys, Ben Boys, and Gumbo. So I mean, people say he can jump through the roof. I would say there's a higher chance he falls through the floor. <laughs> that's, that's pretty good. I've, uh, I've somehow only gained about 15 pounds since I first arrived here eight years ago. It is a lot of hard work. I uh, just did. <laughs> Just to keep that. Uh, let's talk a little Tulane baseball. They lost that series, another series lost to Houston, and then they get a pretty good UConn team coming up this weekend. I know. Brutal loss to Houston this past weekend. They went 
somehow, some way, they still sit in second place. Aside from struggling down the stretch, they have a huge series this weekend against UConn, who's 31st in the nation. However, Tulane hasn't won a series against a top 100 team all season long. Mind you, Seth, they need to win. To make it into the Super Regional, they have to win the AAC tournament, which starts next Tuesday. Sure. So, all you Tulane fans out there, the UConn series is this weekend. It's huge, huge, huge. And really, what it's going to come down to is Tulane's pitching. Right now, they have an ERA of 581, which is the second worst in the school's history. So I know Scott Alexander just briefly mentioned that Cody Hose is one of the best players in the nation, but he's really like Tulane's his worst enemy right now because they really can't stop anything. Fortunately, yesterday they had a huge win against South Alabama, an 11 to 1 win. So let's see if they can carry that momentum against UConn. All right, let's talk a little Tulane basketball because the Ron Hunter era has started off pretty well, uh, recruiting wise, getting some grad transfers also, Jacob. Yes, Monday was an amazing day for the Hunter is in full form, to say the least. <laughs> Tulane acquired two grad transfers who will be immediately eligible to play next season. One is KJ Lawson, a 6'8 guard who's played at both Memphis and University of Kansas, two of the most premier basketball programs in the country. At Kansas, his first year, he averaged 12 points, 8 rebounds, and won the AAC Rookie of the Year. He wasn't. He got struggled a little bit getting consistent minutes at Kansas, but actually got some quality time in the NCAA tournament. Then we got Christian Lawson, uh, Gonzalez Prada. Hey, local product, yeah. West. He's played. He's played the past couple seasons at University of Rhode Island, another very distinguished program. He started the first 15 games last season and then came off the bench the rest of the way. But bringing in these guys immediately. It's what we've been saying. It's a culture change. And Ron Hunter is putting his money where his mouth is. Because right now we got two guys who've had experience coming into, I guess, a losing program. I don't really like saying that. But it could be a very quick turnaround, quicker than we expected. Well, I hope for the wave that that's the case. A little bit of a break from our Pelicans talk, and we'll resume that in just a few minutes in the rest of the show. It's Wave Wednesdays, talking Tulane Green Wave Athletics with Jacob Wass, as we do every single week. I am curious, from your perspective, which program, I'm really talking about the revenue sports here, so basketball and baseball, which program do you think that Tulane would have an easier time building up to be a consistent conference contender and you know NCAA contender football's a little different maybe like a big bowl contender I know it might be contrary to popular belief but I would really say basketball and it's because I believe in Ron Hunter and clearly everyone else does too that's why guys are flocking to Tulane right now Travis Jouette is He's kind of a problem with the baseball program. Like we've said, I said this last week, he inherited a team that was actually very good, that was making the Super Regional pretty consistently. If he doesn't make it to the Super Regional this year, I, like he's kind of on the hot seat. Yeah, at least the regionals, right? Yeah, yes, at least, yes. Yeah, Sorry. At least, yeah. Yeah, the regional, but it would be the 30 in a row. He hasn't made it. A 31 season would really be meaningless for Tulane baseball. Tulane basketball, I mean, we see programs quickly turn it around. I mean, Ron Hunter did this at Georgia State. He did it at IUPUI. I don't think there's any reason why he can't get it done here in New Orleans. I'm with you, and I, I, I think that they should, look, they should throw resources behind football because it's a big money sport, and you support, if you run it well, you support your athletic department through football, but... 
basketball is just numbers wise it's going to be easier to lure five six guys there to build a team around than it is you know 22 to 30 on on the football field I mean it's a no-brainer to me yeah I mean football by I mean I wouldn't say they get a little shadowed by like UCF and some of the bigger names in the conference, but they are very good. I see them winning eight games this season. Oh, I think I look. I, I didn't want to make it sound like I'm bashing on the Willie Fritz era. I like Willie Fritz a lot. I just think yeah. it's going to be easier even now with how far along that program is to develop a consistent winner with the basketball program. Uh, Jacob, it's a big week for you, bud. Right it, for me. Yeah, for you personally, it's uh, what commencement this week. Oh yeah, you know it is. It is commencement. Yeah. 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 Well, good luck. Thank you. Are you ready? Uh, am I ready are, for commencement or am I ready for life after? Commencement? I think the like life after commencement. Yeah. You know what? They've everyone's doubted me up until this point. Oh, so. you're one of, everybody doubts me. Oh no, <laughs> I'm a true underdog. Okay. You know that's how I see myself. But you know it's it's uh it's always going to be uphill. So we'll see, we'll see. But I, I you know it, I, I have some good people behind me. Got a good head on my shoulders, and uh. I think I'll be all right. You're going to ace these interviews. See, there you go. All right, dude. Well, uh, <laughs> have fun this weekend with that, and then we'll talk to you next week. More Tulane. I appreciate it. Thank all you. All right. Jacob Wass, Tulane Tuesdays. Nope, Wave Wednesdays yes, in the sir. book will be Tulane Tuesdays next week. When we come back, your phone calls will return to Pelicans Talk, and we've got Carter Bryant coming on the program as the last lap continues on WWL. Well, we got a big-time guest in just a second, but first, I want to get to Jason on the phone line. He's been patiently holding on. Jason, thanks for holding. What you got? Hey, Seth, how you doing tonight, man? Dude, I'm I'm great. I'm fired up, but I'm oh, great. Absolutely. Hey, this is what I called about. You, you, you triggered something in me that I wanted to bring up in the conversation, and I think you got the greatest platform to possibly do it. All right. Man, we – what I sense that is going on on the national media stage is they're hell-bent on destroying New Orleans like as if Chris Paul left New Orleans because of something wrong with New Orleans. When it was a management issue, AD, it was a management issue. It had nothing. These guys love to sit. And some kind of way, our local media got to fight those fights for us because they're talking about New Orleans like as if it's just a bunch of – it's just a shaded area and there's nothing to do. This, well, they're they're misinformed, Jason. You're you're 100 right. They are they are either misinformed or they are willfully ignorant of the current situation around the Pelicans franchise. And I ranted on that to open the show. I wrote 1,500 words on that. That's online right now at wwl.com. This is a different franchise than when Anthony Davis was drafted. You have Gail Benson, who is a committed owner. That you talk to NBA insiders around the league. She's already admired and well respected. They just had a coup by luring the most sought after front office talent in the league here to New Orleans and David Griffin and Griffin parlayed that into somehow luring the most respected medical professional here and they have all the pieces around them uh, really in the, in the roster also to be competitive almost immediately these people do not know what they're talking about they are throwing a large market elitist hissy fit Jason and I am completely with you and at least for the most part I've seen the backlash here from New Orleans and to be fair from a lot of more level-headed people nationally who realize that this is bogus. Great points, and, and certainly appreciate you listening tonight, Jason, and you can tell I'm fired up about it. I was on Carter Bryant's show earlier today talking about just that, and of course the Pelicans somehow defying the odds to grab the number one overall pick, and 
He's doing me a solid. And us a solid coming back on my program tonight. Here he is, Carter Bryant, host of the Carter Bryant Show on 1071 FM and 1400 AM in South Arkansas. Stand-up comic and, of course, big-time Pelicans fan. you got to follow him on Twitter, at Carter the Power. And, Carter, well, the celebration continues, man, at least here locally. Yeah, first off, I've been doing radio over a decade now, worked at Sirius XM and all these places, and Jason calls in, and he's got a radio voice better than I'll ever have, man. It sounded like James Earl Jones I know. coming in hot. And that was a great <laughs> call. I, I need some of your callers on my show, man, instead of talk more about the Razorbacks. There you so, go, Jason. Uh, See, Jason's still uh, he's on hold listening to this. So there you go. Call into Carter's show every, every single day. Yeah. yeah, I appreciate that, man. Yeah, life's great, man. It's good to be a Pelicans fan. Um Shot a Saints video for for Chat Sports earlier today. Rocking a Pelicans headband. I was that excited, and all I want to know is when is Zion Williamson going to double up as a the tight end for Sean Payton? And don't think Sean hasn't thought about it. He tweeted about that earlier. So uh, it, it, it's good to be a Pelicans fan. It's good to have this hope again, and it's good to uh, celebrate this moment. And I know the Orleans is in a basketball city, and, and the NBA media has definitely attacked New Orleans. And I'm one of those people that never buys in the narratives. But the narrative is definitely out there that people, for some reason, want to put down on New Orleans basketball scene. And I, I totally get it. It's not New York. It's not L.A. It's not some big brand. But there's no reason to do this whatsoever. Yeah, well, a lot of those same people were A-OK with, I don't know, ripping a franchise away from, you know, Seattle, which is a basketball hotbed, and putting it in Oklahoma City because they don't care. They only care about New right. York and, and Los Angeles. I mean, that's it. Uh, so what has been your reaction to that? I mean, you know I'm fired up. I talked about it on your show. What's been your reaction to all this? Yeah, I, th- I think it's horrible that, that that's actually happening. And for me, I, I'm watching this game right now. It's an excellent one between the Bucks and the Raptors. None, neither one of these teams have rich, unbelievable basketball history. It doesn't make it any less entertaining. Yeah, you want bigger brands involved in anything. I think that obviously brings in more neutral viewers. But, I mean, what's the big deal? I mean, Zion's his own brand. He's going to be great no matter where he goes. I don't understand this whatsoever. And it's good for the league if you have superstars in these markets. I mean, look at how cool it is to have Milwaukee here. I know everyone's like, well, Milwaukee, I don't even know what state that's in. Is that in Montana? No, it's good that Giannis is in Milwaukee, and it's good that players like Eric Bledsoe and Brooke Lopez and those guys have become better players with this franchise. Uh, a, a former Pelican and Miritic has, has played a big role in this team. So I think it's good for the league that a, a star of Zion's caliber is going to a place like New Orleans. No, and hasn't Adam Silver – realize the blueprint that has made the NFL so successful and that's competitive balance another topic we touched right. on on your show today I mean it's not like the NFL is freaking out that Aaron Rodgers is stuck up in Green Bay Wisconsin or Patrick Mahomes is in you know the, literally the middle of the country in Kansas City right I mean the NBA has got to take a page from the most pro- uh, successful professional sports league in America yes and you look at some of these smaller market places and you see how rabid their, their fan base is. Army in Milwaukee is crazy about basketball. They're crazy about the Bucks now. And Toronto, we've always seen it, even before the Kawhi years. I mean, you've seen the hundreds of fans that line up outside of their arena just to watch the game on a big screen. Now, while we say all of this, 
there does need to be more support for the Pelicans basketball team. There is no denying that. Fans need to support this, and they've always, they obviously done with the ticket, uh, well, with the ticket sales being as crazy as they've been. But you really need to support them. You need to watch them. You need to uh, rock Pelicans gear instead of Saints gear. We all know the story that the NFL market in New Orleans is absolutely insane, especially during non-Saint games. The Saints are always, or New Orleans is always one of the most highest marketed NFL cities in the country. I hope the Pelicans and I hope New Orleans embraces this place as an NBA city because the the city of New Orleans has had Chris Paul and Anthony Davis and now hopefully Zion Williamson. I think that's a great thing. Carter Bryant at Carter the Power on Twitter is with us. And to your point, a couple of points you made, 3,000-plus season ticket sales in the past 24 hours they've garnered from the fallout yesterday. And then, of course, the ratings. You know, Carter, it's the ratings here have showed that this can be a basketball city. I mean, they were third in the NBA this season in national television ratings. Uh, you know, not by numbers, but by rating. I mean, that, doesn't that show that people do care about basketball down here, regardless of what the naysayers say? Yeah, and I, I want to shout out that New Orleans is one of the best play-by-play men ever, and and, and Joe uh, Joe Myers. No I doubt. Mean, this is. This is a great time to be a Pelicans fan. I know he's excited, and I know he's been on WWL plenty of times. But uh, I, I just think it's just great. And me, personally, being a Pelicans fan, uh, we, I bought some tickets yesterday as well. So, um, And I'm six hours away from New Orleans. So this, this is a good thing. Hopefully people embrace New Orleans as a basketball city. It's always going to be a same city. But also embrace that the Pelicans – will continue to be viable. And the Pelicans won't hopefully ever get down to non-LeBron Cleveland levels of, of, of bad success. And to your point a minute ago, this is how narratives get caught up. All those national media narratives about the Pelicans not really having a direction and wasting Anthony Davis, all those things have validity. And there's validity to not supporting the Pelicans and not having a big brand and bad medical team and all that stuff. Those have validity as well, but all of that has changed. There is a new brand of basketball coming to New Orleans under new leadership, and that to me is an exciting thing. With Zion himself, you mentioned that you believe he can be successful no matter where he is. I completely agree with you, and I think that he has a chance to be an exponentially bigger star than Anthony Davis ever could be. I'm not trying to take an unwarranted shot at AD here, but what I mean by that, I mean, the kid, Zion, he's just gregarious. He's got this charisma that you certainly can't teach. You're just born with it, and if he's in New Orleans or he's in New York or wherever he is, I just feel like he's going to be the face of this league probably fairly soon. Yeah, and here's one thing that people need to keep in mind. If they came in to to Zion just at Duke, a lot of basketball-hungry younger people knew who Zion was as a junior in high school just from highlight dunks. Like, he was absolutely insane. Insane. And he was famous then. And we see where he is now. I mean, he's gigantic. Um there's obviously things he has to work on as this game, obviously getting better going to his right. And the NBA is becoming a more three point shooting league and you have to be, have to be able to develop a better outside shot. But 
the guy's going to be great. There's no doubt about it. I think from day one, he's going to put up good numbers. So, yeah, I think it'll take about a year or two for him to develop a better outside game, and then you'll start seeing him be one of those year two all-stars, a lot like LeBron and the Ben Simmons of the world. All right, two questions that are more difficult to answer here to end it. I'm asking everybody this tonight, Carter. Number one, you believe that Zion would go back to Duke and or request a trade out of New Orleans immediately. And what do you think happens with Anthony Davis? To the first question, obviously that's still in the cards. And there's obviously people out there that truly believe that players should have the right to choose where they want to go. And I understand that there's plenty of people out there that have said, abolish the draft, get rid of the draft. I like the draft, especially with the way that the ping pong lottery balls work itself out to where the weaker teams do get better players, but it also prevents against total tanking. So, yeah, obviously Zion still has a choice to make. He could go back to Duke. I just don't see that happening. I just don't see him going back to Durham, playing another year under Coach K, knowing that he avoided serious injury with the shoe explosion and not get paid for his services. Obviously, he could go to China overseas and, and whatnot. That doesn't seem like that would be a smart option either. I do think Zion Williamson will be a New Orleans Pelican, barring him just coming out and saying, trade me. And maybe that's not the worst option in the world for the Pelicans. But as of now, I'm going back and forth on this. Zion Williamson will be a Pelican. As far as Anthony Davis, he will not be a Pelican. I do think a deal will get done with someone. Obviously, the, the reports are still out there that Anthony Davis wants to get traded, but there is still a piece of him. And if Anthony's listening to this right now, he may or may not be. I don't know. We both have him on our brows, so we connect in some way. We really do. <laughs> kind of like Aquaman connects with dolphins the same way. Oh, there's like, like an unspoken like, bond, huh? <laughs> yeah, it's just so. And if Anthony's listening to me, rethink it. At least think things through. There's new ownership. There's physicians that will obviously take better care of you, even though he has access to any medical personal trainer out there in the world. I do think, without reasonable doubt, that playing with Zion Williamson does change his mind a little, just a little. And just because of that, maybe that opens up his mind to come back and play for the Pelicans. And to me, we, I don't really care if it works or not. More importantly, when you have two all-stars, it gives you a chance. And that's the most important thing. It doesn't matter if the fit is just perfect. The NBA is a league full of bad fits. It's about do you have two all-stars? And with those two all-stars, do they give you a chance to go deep into the Western Conference Finals? And I do think Zion and Anthony Davis in two years can definitely do that. Carter, we'll leave it there. Hard break here. Always appreciate it, buddy. Yeah, it's Carter Bryant at Carter the Power back on the last lap. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. 